Welcome to the Become New podcast with John Ortberg. We are currently in a series called Habit, where we're looking at the daily practices that shape the people we become. If you like this series, you can share it with a friend, or you can give us a review wherever you're listening, and that will help us spread the word. To find more resources, visit becomenew.me. Now here's John. This is the day the Lord has made. I'll rejoice and be glad in it. Now, you might notice I didn't say those words with the usual gusto, and there's a reason for that. It's because anytime we do something repeatedly, it can become a habit in a bad way, where we're not devoting our thought, our mind, our heart, our attention to something that merits the devotion of attention. Prayer can happen that way. Ask you a question. When it's mealtime, when are you supposed to pray? Before the meal or after the meal? Now, before you answer that, you might listen to this statement. This is Moses talking to the people of Israel in Deuteronomy, the eighth chapter of the 10th verse. Moses said, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, build fine houses and settle down in them, when your herds and flocks grow large, when your silver and grow and gold increase, your hearts may become proud, and you will forget the Lord your God who delivered you from slavery. So there Moses says, eat and then pray. When you are satisfied, when your cravings for hunger have been delighted. And remember, you didn't do this for yourself. It was a gift from God. Now, in that case, um, the meal is to be a prompt to pray at the end. You may wonder, why do we pray at the beginning of a meal? Well, of course, Jesus, for instance, in the Last Supper, before he gave them bread, blessed beforehand. And actually, that's generally the way that they would do it. They would think about prayer before meal, and then they were instructed to give gratitude and thanks and blessings to God afterwards, and to devote their minds with it so it's not a mindless routine. Prayer can become that for us. It's often reflected in goofy prayers that kids will say when I was a kid. I had a cousin whose favorite was rub-a-dub-dub, thanks for the grub, or another popular one, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. Now, wonder sometimes, what does God think when he hears us doing things like that? I expect it's probably just the way that Even something like religion, something like the expression of faith, can deteriorate into mindless habit. Now, what Moses was commanding in uh, the book of Deuteronomy here is something we see all over the place in the Bible. And it is to use habits for the cultivation of the spirit, not in a way that's mindless, but mindful. And often to pair them with other moments in a practice that in our day is called by James Clear, habit stacking. And as we're thinking about habits, I want to walk through this practice with you. Part of what he notices is that mostly in our lives, we run on chains of habit. You decide to do next based on what you just finished doing. Going to the bathroom leads to washing and drying your hands, I hope, which reminds you you need to put the dirty towels in the laundry. So you add laundry detergent to the shopping list and so on. Each action then serves as a cue to trigger the next action. Now, when it comes to building new habits, you can use 
the connectedness of behavior to your advantage. One of the best ways to build a new habit is identify a current habit you already do each day and then stack your new habit on top. This is called habit stacking. It's a special form of an intention. Uh, at this time, in this place, I will do this behavior. But rather than pairing your new ha habit with a particular time and location, you pair it with a current habit. This method, he says, which was created by B.J. Fogg, uh, can be used to design an obvious cue for nearly any habit. Actually, it wasn't created by B.J. Fogg. It was named by him, but it was used at least as far back as Deuteronomy 8. And we see this kind of cultivation in habit for the transformation of the person all over the place in the Bible. Uh, I talked before in this little series about Acts 2, the series of habits that was created to create a community of transformation in the Acts 2 church. The very next verse, Acts 3 verse 1 says uh, that Peter and John were going to the temple. It was about three o'clock in the afternoon, the third hour, uh, when it was the time for prayer. Well, what's that about? They had cultivated a habit that at that particular time of day, they would go to that particular location to pray to their God, but in a deeply mindful way. So habit stacking involves taking one habit that's already a natural part of your life and using it as the cue to build another habit into your life. Clear writes, um, the formula is this, after current habit, I will new habit. So it could be, after I pour my cup of coffee each morning, I will pray for one minute. Or with exercise, after I take off my work shoes, I will immediately change into my workout clothes. Or gratitude, after I sit down to dinner, I will say one thing I'm grateful for. Again, we aim at real small behaviors because what we're trying to do is just build wins, one little change at a time. Marriage, after I get into bed at night, I will give my partner a kiss. The key is tie your desired behavior into something you already do each day. Um, habit stacking implicitly has the time and location built into it. When and where you choose to insert the habit into your daily routine can make a big difference. For example, I think a review of the day together with God can be a really good thing. For the longest time, I would try to do that at night, but I am utterly worthless at night. Once nine o'clock hits, sometimes not even that long, I don't have the energy to do anything anymore. Now, one thing I can do at night, some time ago, a friend mentioned to me a beautiful song, Now the Day is Over. It was written well over 150 years ago. There's a version of it by Michael Crawford and a choir that I love. And I will often listen to that song the very last thing before I go to sleep. And it's a wonderful way to close the day. That works for me late at night. Trying to do something that requires willpower and attention and effort to review the day, uh, that doesn't work for me. So fit whatever the new behavior that you want to create a habit around into the right moment at the right time. Here's the other thing I want to mention about this. Um, I believe the most brilliant talk ever given about habit formation and habit replacement therapy is the Sermon on the Mount. And it is no surprise Jesus was a brilliant observer of human behavior. 
And again, the idea of taking off the old nature, putting on a new nature, the role of habits, even though the language may change somewhat, has been known by wise people, supremely by Jesus. And it's very interesting to look through the Sermon on the Mount through the lens of habit replacement therapy. And you might think about it as, here's my old self with my old habits, but now in light of God's presence, the kingdom of God with me, I can acquire new habits. So Jesus says, uh, when somebody strikes you on one cheek, the old habit, of course, was you hit them right back. But now there could be a new creative habit, like turn the other cheek. Or when somebody forces you to go with them one mile, Roman soldiers could do that. The old habit, you give grudging compliance, but you let them know through your body language. And so there's a big hassle. I don't like you. I don't like this. Here's the new habit. Say, could I go with you another mile? Because I'm loved and cared for by God, so I can love and care for you. Old habit, somebody asks for your cloak. And, and what you do is you just avoid that person. Don't want to make eye contact. Don't want to look at him. New habit. This is a possibility, not mechanical, not superficial, just to become the kind of person out of whom new behaviors emerge because there's a different habitual chain of thoughts and feelings running inside me that can be expressed in quite creative ways. New habit. Yeah, and I'll give you my cloak as well. Old habit. Somebody curses you, you curse them back. I, I was reading, probably never happened, but a guy's driving in his car, a woman comes around the corner, rolls down her window and yells, pig! And he's a habitually angry person, retaliatory, so he rolls down his window and yells, jerk! And then he goes around the corner and runs into a 400-pound pig that's there in the middle of the road. Well, um, now when somebody curses you, there's a new habit that's possible. When troubles comes your way, what am I going to eat? What am I going to wear? Old habit, worry. New habit, Seek first the kingdom. That is, look for God in this moment. When I find that I have a care, cast your cares on God. That becomes a cue to go to God. There's somebody who just bugs the snot out of you. Old habit, try to take that speck out of their eye. Point out to them where they are wrong. Cast your pearl before swine. New habit, self-examination. First, take the plank out of your own eye. Old habit, you got an enemy, hate him. New habit, love your enemy. So now you pick one habit today, and maybe it will be around a meal. Uh, something that you automatically do, and it could be just simply after a meal now. Today, take a moment and do exactly what Moses said. Be grateful. God, I know there are people in the world today that don't have enough to eat. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, and I want to remember to be generous to others. Love is habit for me. Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us here at Become New for Habits. Now, at the end of this series, we're going to sit down with John and bring him some of your questions and talk a little bit more about the topic. But we want to hear from you. We want to bring him your questions. We've heard from a couple of you, but I know there's more questions out there. So if you've got a question, you can put it in the comment box if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook, or you can email it to us at becomenew.me at gmail.com, or you can text it to us at 855-888-0444. If you want to spread the word, you can subscribe on YouTube, share this video with a friend, or give us a review on a podcast wherever you're listening. See you next time.